Well, welcome to your Manchester, the podcast. And yeah, I'm on my own today. I'm taking over. Anything can go wrong. This is Shell on Bell and Shell's wonderful podcast, The Best Bits. Now, of course, the reason I'm flying solo on this podcast is it's a very special lady's birthday, Belinda's birthday. And what could we do to surprise her? Well, Belinda is a massive Phantom of the Opera fan. And the one, the only, Dave Willits, one of the original Phantoms, came in to give her a big birthday surprise. Happy birthday to you. Happy oh, my Gideon. Happy birthday, Belinda. <laughs> Everybody. Happy birthday, birthday to, to you. Baby. I am literally having an out-of-body experience. Oh, hello. Dave, thank Hi. you so much. I mean, you are, you were the top of my wish list, Dave, for oh Belinda. Oh, uh, Because there is a bit of a backstory what? here. Yeah. Do you want to explain well, the First backstory? of all, thank you so much. This is like out of body. Now, I must say, I, you will not remember this, but when you were doing your your your, your wonderful phantom uh, at the Opera House around the corner, I was yep. there almost every Saturday uh, afternoon because I'd finished drama class with you and I'd hot foot it round to the uh, to the Opera House to make sure I was there ready to watch you. And when anybody understood it for you, I was like I was I was I was like a diva. I mean, I, I think this is where oh. it all began from, to be completely honest, because nobody oh, could do it like you. you. Yeah, I mean. You. What was that like? Because actually, I think as Mancunians, we have adopted you as ours, Dave. Well, funnily enough, I, I, I mean, I, I live, I'm north of Watford myself, okay? So I can relate to all northern uh, people, northern towns, northern cities. And I did um, Phantom in, Manchester, in, in London for a long time, as you know. And uh, then when, the first, when it toured, the first, it opened on the tour in Manchester. And when I was asked to do it, I jumped at the chance. And you said, Connie, you adopted me. I adopted Manchester. I really did. And I, I sang at Old Trafford. Uh, I did numerous bits and pieces all around Manchester. And you became my home for the 12 months that I was in Manchester. And I loved it. Oh, well, I'd love to dominate this interview, but yes. I know it's Belle's birthday, so you must have lots of questions <laughs> for Dave. Questions. I could have you on all night, Dave. Honestly, it's just so good to have you. I've got all night. It's, it's up to you, girl. <gasps> oh, don't say oh, that. Well, I just... You, when I was... Because I wanted to be you, basically. I know you can't imagine this now, but when I was younger, I wanted to be you, and you were the reason I got into any form of singing musical theatre oh, or anything like this. You. And I came to... Again, stalking you, but I came to the... Um, to the um, stage door and I asked you very nicely because I knew that my first opportunity was coming around the corner. It was a show that we did together at the green room and I was to sing Music of the Night from Phantom. Now, my voice was just what they'd called, um, not just slipping, it was literally going like that. Yeah. So I knew I was having a few difficulties with it. But you gave me uh, a ring and you yep. gave me a bow tie. Now, me being me thinking that the world was trustworthy, I left that ring at the green room and the next day I came back and somebody had robbed it. And oh, never hey. in my life have I been so gutted in my entire life because that was... You would, you would never show me the mask. You would never bring the mask out into the street because you weren't allowed to. I, I weren't allowed to, yeah. Exactly, which I remember. And I asked you, I'm fangirling, can you, you tell? I'm sorry. I love this. And there was, a, there was one bit that was not in the, um, the published book that they had with the, um, the scripting. Yeah. 
and I asked you to sing it and you sang it for me and it was uh, Seal My Fate Tonight I hate to cut the very uh, short but my patience wears thin let the opera begin that bit and you sang it for me it was the one bit that wasn't in the actual written bit and you did it for me in the middle of the street and I oh was my- like Ah, uh, uh, and I, I, I kind of lots of people, you know, when I do interviews uh, and things like oh that, they God. always relate to stories like that, and it triggers something, and it brings back all those memories. I mean, it, it's what is it, twenty-five years ago now? Uh, what was it like for you, Dave? Is it twenty-five years? I think so. Yeah, yeah. you're showing our ages. Oh, yeah, but yeah, but we like we like good wine, girls. We get better with age. <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank you very much. That's my theory and I'm sticking to it. The Phantom's an epic role, you know, and you've played it phenomenally. What was it like doing that day in, day out? Well, uh, funnily, it it is an epic role, but if you analyse it very carefully, the character, the Phantom, the actor, is only on stage throughout the whole show for about 20, 25 minutes. Um, it feels a lot longer because you, his voice and his and his presence is all around you from the very very top of the show. Um, but the 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 hard thing about that and what I used to do, I used to stand in the wings for nearly all of the show, even when I wasn't on stage, because you had to get you when you walked on stage, you had to join the the show at the level that it was at if you went in under you were under if you went in above it was like you know you were way above what was happening so you you had to uh, adapt to where your 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 presence should be at that moment um so that but it, it was it was i just loved it you know and it and it really is um a british phenomenon uh you know and it, it, it's it's a worldwide hit, and when when coronavirus hit us, and it came off, it was like you'd lost you'd lost a member of the family. It really was, you know. Well, and it was due to come back to Manchester actually yeah. on, on a tour, so yeah. we were very excited. Very. We were counting down the days to it coming back, and yeah. then, like you said, and then there was rumours it was never going to come back, but it is coming back now, isn't it? Well, it, let, let's put it this way: it came off, obviously. And uh, I, I think what happened was Cameron took, took the opportunity to refurbish the whole theatre. Um, uh, and, and then with the, with the thought that Phantom will either come back in its original form or that will, it will be looked at and tweaked a little bit. Um, but that's the exciting part. Who knows, you know? Who knows what it's going to be? But... Uh, you, you can't keep a, a, a good horse down. It will come back. Go on, we're fighting for questions. I no, like that. I always I wanted to ask you, and I never did, was there a favourite part that you did in, in, the, in Phantom? Well, I, I think, I think my favourite, there's two, there's two favourite parts. One of my favourite parts was Pass the Point of No Return. Yeah, and yeah. The, and the other favourite part was the final lair. When, when Christine has gone... And left, left the Phantom in his despair, and the, the th- you could hear hear a pin drop in the theatre, and the Phantom turned round and the monkey started playing. Uh-huh. 
And then he sensed Christine had appeared. She'd come back on stage behind him and he turned and the, the, way, the way I tended to play that was I'd been reduced to this little boy and I couldn't believe that Christine had come back to this disfigured person, you know, and, and he says, Christine, I love you. And, and she goes, and she goes and he comes back. Uh, uh, what's that? You will curse the day you did not see. And he gets into the chair and yeah. he, put, he puts the cloak over the chair and Meg comes up and pulls the cloak off and he's disappeared. And I think, I think probably that, that is my, my um, best scene, the final oh. one. I think yeah. you know it just is stunning. <laughs> it is, and and there's so much passion that we all have for it from from you and your stories, from us and our stories. I, it's just amazing. I just got to say, your and I, I will get a bit emotional, but I'm going to say this because I won't get much time. With you. Your entire performance over them few years absolutely changed my entire life. Oh, honestly. bless you. That bless hey. you. I, you know, some sometimes you know you you don't see yourself as others see you. And you ha you have to bear that in mind, and you and when you're a performer, and when you're on stage, and when you're possibly doing a, a twelve month run in the same show, you have to realise that it's the first time people. Well, in Belinda's case, the hundred and first time, but but sometimes no, yeah, it's the first mm. time people have seen you, and you have to try and make it as special as you can for those people, you know. Uh. Well, I, I've got to say, you've made it really special for Belinda oh, tonight. <laughs> and, you know, there's going to be loads of people watching tonight who are fans of yours as well, Dave. And well, they can go to your Facebook page because yeah. you've been doing some great things in lockdown. You even did a concert, didn't you, did just did earlier do, this month? I did do I did do I Well, when we first started lockdown, uh, whenever it was, 14 months ago, um, I thought, hang on a minute. What shall I do? And I started doing what I called songs from the family room. And uh, I did a, every week I put a song on. And I did about 35 weeks of this. Uh, and then I was asked by a producer to, uh, to do uh, a kind of full concert. And I did an acoustic, just me and my guitar, uh, sitting in my family room. The sun was shining out the back. And it was fantastic. And one of my one of my favourite genres of music is country music. And doing doing an acoustic set, which I don't normally do, I got a chance to to play all my favourite songs. Uh, and I I also do a lot of work for the Alzheimer's Society. Uh, so I, I do that every Monday. I do uh, what they call singing for the brain. Uh, yeah. um, we used to do it uh, face to face, and um, it's a nationwide uh, thing that the Alzheimer's Society do, but the one that we do here in my hometown was uh, the biggest attended in the country. But now we have to do it online and we have to do it by Zoom, you know. And we have yeah. we, we have a lot a lot of people turn up, so I do enjoy that, uh, giving people a bit of pleasure that way. So I've kept oh. I've kept busy. Um, 
I managed to get over last September to the south of France and Belgium to do a film. Oh, um, and in January, just before the last January, I managed to do a show called Rags. And, yes, uh, I know that. And, and since then, Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt. I haven't done anything. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But... I just remembered something else. Go on. We, were, we had been filming for a programme, me and you. Yeah, yeah. And the last time we saw each other, before we met again, all yeah. the years later, was we went to watch Dave in concert. Well, that's that's the connection. We, we both went to watch him. Yeah. I know. That was oh, the last the, time the, you and I saw each other. Yeah, it was your concert it, show, yeah. and I was doing some dubbing for a thing. You were on your way, but we needed to get you in. We had somebody else do your voice because you weren't there at I that know, point. I know, I know. And you came in, and we went and watched you, and that was the last time well, I that, saw that, that you. That was actually quite funny because uh, I did that concert a week after I left Matt Phantom in Manchester. That's right. And I had never, ever seen Phantom. So I, I decided to come back on the Saturday and sit in the audience and, and watch Phantom before the concert on the Sunday. And uh, I thought, blimey neck, what a show this is. Uh, wouldn't you have know? been as good without you not in it, though, Dave. Wouldn't have Bless been as good. Not, not good at all. Me. Bless me. Oh, thank you so, so much. And, you know, if you would ever delight us by coming on again, we'd snap you up like that. Oh, well, maybe, just, maybe. <laughs> just, just, give, just give me a call, guys, honestly. Just give me a call, oh. and if... If I'm you've around. got numbers for Mr. Dave Willis and yeah, you've not been telling me. Well, I don't call him Dave. I just call him the Big D. <laughs> you can't <laughs> call him that. <laughs> oh, dear. Have we got that's past the point of no return? Oh! That, that's a compliment if I ever heard one. You went lower than the lair then. You did lower than the lair. <laughs> oh, much, much love. Thank you so much for it's making Belinda's birthday. And, and happy birthday, my darling. A million thank yous for doing this, Mr. Willis. No thank you. No problem at all. You take care, guys. Mm-hmm. Belle has lots of charities close to her heart, but one that really sticks out is the George House Trust. And they had something really special to ask Belinda on her birthday. Yeah, now normally, Belinda, I'd get down on one knee to ask this, of course. <laughs> Ooh, just the one knee. <laughs> oh, you didn't, you didn't. Um... Um, but yes, obviously, um, we've been talking, working together. You've been supporting the work of George House Trust and our work tackling stigma around HIV and supporting people living with HIV. And we wanted you to be one of our ambassadors for the trust. And so, yes, um, that's what we're asking you this evening. Yes, a thousand million times. Yes, yes a thousand million absolutely. Times. <laughs> Fabulous. I, I want to say at this point... Um, Many charities ask me to get involved with things and many charities, but this is just, it's just, if I think for any LGBT person, this is the charity to really get behind, to support, to be just everything with, because you're, you're like unsung heroes, really, I feel, the George House Trust. You're just so important. And I think people tick along through life you know, using your services without actually realising they're using your services to, to help themselves. I think one of the most important things about our work is that um, we're here to help people live happily, confidently and healthily with HIV. And we do all sorts of things behind the scenes to do that. When people come to us, when they've been newly diagnosed, it can be catastrophic for some people and they just need... Uh, an ear, somebody to listen to, someone to talk to and really guide them on the way and show them that HIV is a manageable condition, you can live with it, you can have sex with it, 
undetectable equals untransmittable, so you can't pass it on when you're on effective treatment and all of that. So there are the really important things um, that we just work with people throughout the journey. And there's some people that cope absolutely fine and just take the medication and every once in a while just need a little bit of support, a little bit of social company, and George House Trust can help with that as well. So basically we're just here for people through the life journey with HIV. How much did It's a Sin, the programme, do to actually, you know, help you guys with what you do and maybe, you know, shed some more light on the George House Trust? Um, I've said it quite a number of times when I've spoken to people, but it got people talking about HIV in the living rooms again, um, not just people living with HIV or people working within HIV but and um, sexual health campaigns, but everybody talking about it, and that's really, really important. And what it did, it gave us a platform to tell people how HIV has changed since the 80s and early 90s, and that actually now is a manageable condition and that you can live... An, normal life expectancy with HIV. So it's given us an opportunity to really kind of educate people. And um, I was on the show for LGBT History Month and talking with Carla, just so in the video and others, and that key message is educate, 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 that we all agreed on that evening. Um, and that's the most important thing we can do with HIV, and that's what it's a sin enabled us to do. It also enabled us to do a bit of fundraising to continue to support our work as well, um, which was incredibly welcome considering the year that we've all had. Oh, brilliant. Now, we want to get this one working. Yes. So what kind of things as an ambassador has Belinda got to do? What does that entail? All right. So um, our ambassadors <laughs> offer different things to the organisation, but Belinda's got some profile. She's out there. She's in the community. People know who she is. So spreading our messages about the things that are really, really important to George Estrus. So I've already mentioned you equals you, so undetectable equals untransmittable. So right. being a champion for that a champion of the different types of services that George House Trust provides, because we provide counselling, one-to-one advice, we provide welfare grants to people struggling. We've got all sorts of things going on. So it's kind of having an understanding of what we offer as an organisation and that all-important advocacy around fundraising for us and helping us to reach new audiences to help support our work so we can continue to provide great services to people living with and affected by HIV. Well... I'll just say it now while we're on air, anything at all that you need me to do, I am right there to help out. It's quite amazing. Thank you for asking. You're, you're going to be busy this summer. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> good. I don't mind at all, Flora. I'll keep going and doing everything you need me to do. I'll whip her into action for you. I'll keep in charge. Now, there's a Thank promise. You. Just for future reference, though, if I do feel that I'm, if you do feel I'm being a bit lazy, a KFC on a stick right in front of my eyes works wonders. Brilliant, fantastic. I'll bear that in mind. Right. Or a Greg sausage roll. Or a Greg sausage roll, but not well, the vegan kind, because they're for Haley. Oh, Darren, thank you so much for coming on and uh, giving us a chance for you to ask that question on air to uh, Belinda, because I know it's a special thing for her on a special day. Absolutely. Thank you. And so a special much, thing Darren. for us as well. So thank you both very much, and I'll see you both soon. All right. All right. Keep thank up the good work, Darren. Well, stop right now because, yes, we have another guest and it's going to spice up your life. Now, if that hasn't given it away, I don't know what will. We have got one of our old guests, Alan, who is making a comeback to surprise Belinda. Oh, my goodness. She is going to love this. And so I guess it's over to Alan. Uh, happy birthday, darling. Thank you so much. How are you? Long time no see. 
Well, I'm I'm all right, darling. But somebody once told me that um, a mask can help you kind of hide your double chin. So I thought I'd put. Well, yeah, the first time you met, I think I was bringing the exhibition up to Manchester, wasn't I? So, yeah, I had all all the costumes and um, all the memorabilia. Don't do worse. Um, and and so yeah, we put on the exhibition and and kind of toured with it for a little while. Um, and I think also, if I'm remembering right, you came when we were just setting it up in Manchester. And uh, I think that was. I think I think we arrived literally as you had arrived. We've well, been do you waiting know what? Outside, I've got a little... cheeky little clip of what? us uh, at the exhibition. Let's have a look. <laughs> this is from Wembley for um, Emma Bunton. But you can see from the Spice World tour here, you've got Jerry's gorgeous dress. It's really vintage style. Jerry kind of used to talk about going shopping at Camden Market and different places like that. Um, and then you can see here, somebody told us in London, I didn't know before, um, that this is uh, almost an exact copy of a Madonna costume. Ah, uh, the Express Yourself I can see it, yeah. And, and Jer Jerry's used it as part of the Spice World. And then here we've got Mel B's gorgeous stock cop um, from the stock music video. Now, that's a work of art in itself. It really it's, is. Absolutely is. It's made of old cartons uh, and kind of far fabric inside. Um, yeah, and then right on the end here we can see we've got Victoria Beckham's little black dress from the wannabe video. Now, I have to say, right, is it really? It's got the tags on. Yeah, so the tag, as you see, comes from the outlet. Um, and Victoria had a sale in 2013 through the outlet um, for Mothers to Mothers, which is an age chat, an age yeah. foundation in South right. Africa. Um, and so she sold off about 600 pieces from her wardrobe, and this was one of the items that she sold off. So hence, yeah, it has got an outlet tag <sighs> so on it. So that's the outfit that she wore um, for the video? Yeah. That set so that it all off. It all so off. They, um, they said it was always the little black Gucci dress, but as you can see, it's definitely not a Gucci. It's and, so um, not. I'm just looking at it and it, it looks like, you Victoria know... Victoria wrote in her book that it was a copy of a dress that she borrowed from Jerry, so it's a, it's a £20 high street dress. <laughs> we were just going, oh, don't we look thinner and younger then? Oh, no, that went, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I blame blooming lockdown. I, I don't, because I'm still eating the same. I tell you what, though, Belinda, there was a photo of you the other day at the Goose, and you had a little lovely pair of leggings on. You look absolutely amazing, darling. Well, you know, you know, it's good shadowing, oh. shaping. What people don't realise is these days I've got to a stage now where I buy my costumes from Go Outdoors. <laughs> so... <laughs> got a lot of the collection because I know you were auctioning some of them off weren't you and um, is it still massive and where is it all and um, so what I think I decided to do at the end of the exhibition was to kind of clear all the the boxes of stuff so like the boxes of dolls and CDs and um things like that and yeah I did auction off um a lot of the costumes but well, maybe about half of the costumes. So um, it's kind of got to stage now where I've started kind of building it back up a little bit again with costumes, um, but not to the extent where there will be boxes of them all around my house again. I need to do it again. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> I think my husband would say otherwise. I tell you what, just put it on the Spice Bus and I'll tour around the world with it for you. You've got you, Jerry here. We've got Jerry and Posh. We're all right. The first time I'd ever tried on a pair of um, Boots was yours in the Manchester Arena as well because, yeah, obviously we had the same size feet. But what I will say was the nicest difference when we came to Manchester was the people. 
you know, coming on from Manchester, from the back of London, people in London are a little bit more standoffish and a little bit colder in character, if you like. Whereas you, as soon as we got to Manchester, the, the, the feel and the vibe from people was so much different. And yeah, it was uh, e- easily my favourite one. Oh, how much excitement can you have in one show? We had loads there and we even had cake. Oh, it doesn't get better than this. And she's only 54. No, no, I'm sorry. 64. No, no, no. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop because she's going to get me back. But bye for now. Until next week, it's your Manchester, the podcast. Oh, and don't forget, give us a like, give us a share, spread the word, and give us some stars as well. We love them.